This week on Mike Coscarelli Rules. Why is the health of young adults deteriorating so quickly? Why are people moving to Austin and Denver? Plus, I'm joined by comedians Amy Cardinale and Dino DiMartino to discuss the culture war between millennials and Gen Z. That's a tease, and this is Mike Coscarelli Rules. He is so cute. (laughs) Mike Coscarelli. Mike Coscarelli. (laughs) Mike Coscarelli is here as well. He's the producer for this failing fucking radio show. A big hand for Mike something Italian. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mike Coscarelli Rules. I am your host, failed comedian. Mike Coscarelli, so glad that you're still listening to the show. Really appreciate you bearing with me. Um, I have some good news and some bad news. Obviously, let's start with the bad news. The bad news is this week's episode is days late. Wait, the latest episode we've ever done. You pretty much didn't have an episode last week. Sorry about that. Um, it sucks. This episode's great. You're going to enjoy it. I promise you. But yeah, it's late and I, I, don't, I, I don't have much of an excuse other than I, I was just so busy in the final push of this project that I was working on. But that leads me to the good news. It's over, baby. It's done. Finally. Moving forward, I have no other obligations than this show. Officially <laughs> unemployed for the foreseeable future. You have all my attention, listeners. You have all my attention. Ronnie and I are working hard. We're trying to figure out now, you know, starting next week, we're, we're going to try to figure out a way to get you guys more and better content um, on a more consistent basis now that there's, you know, there's really nothing else in the way, no other deadlines from anything else. So we made it through. For those of you that are still listening, I really appreciate it. And you're in on the ground floor because now Mike Coscarelli rules is going to be a fucking rocket ship, baby. We're taking off. We're picking up all these people on our way to success, and you guys are in on the ground floor. I'm really excited to to just be able to kind of like worry about this and only this and uh, try to uh, do more fun and creative things that I think you guys might be interested in. So again, we have no production piece this week. This is the last week, though, where you're not going to have one for the foreseeable future. It's two planned already. There's two that's that are. I just have to actually produce them, which is a pain in the ass. I'm not going to lie, but... They're fun and, and, you know, you get to, I get to be a little creative and, and, you know, uh, they're coming. So they're coming back. If you're a fan of those things, uh, get excited. (laughs) They're back, baby. Um, there's not much to say this week. I, you know, not a, not a, a crazy week in terms of, uh, things happening in the news. Obviously we've had a handful of, of mass shootings, which is uh, horrific, um, I will say though it's a sign that life is getting back to normal that that is sort of a a sign that that you know uh we're returning to normalcy in America because pre-pandemic that was some shit that was happening all the time it's it's pretty funny how we didn't have one for about a year where or at least one that was covered the way um the news has been covering the ones that have happened lately and obviously our condolences go out to the families and the victims horrible shit the the crime wave against uh, uh, Asian people in this country is really uh, sickening and it, it's really sad to see. Um, but again, it's, you know, they business as usual in America. We, we never, we I don't, I don't know that we'll ever have a, a, a real grip on this problem. Uh, we live in a very divided country. A lot of people see gun laws as uh, an all or nothing type thing. And I mean that on both sides, people on the left, there's a lot, a good handful of people that think that guns should be banned completely. 
And there's people on the right that think that there should be absolutely no restrictions on who gets what gun and where they use it. And, and you know, you should be able to buy a fucking uh, uh, 60 bullet machine gun magazine at, at Walmart, which is not the answer either. <laughs> um, so hopefully at some point we can get some kind of sensible restriction on that. But realistically, we got to we got to fix the disease with that is fucking hate for other people. Because it's, I, I don't know much about the other, uh, the unfortunate uh, attack in in Colorado, but the um, the one where the the uh, Asian ladies uh, were were killed, and I, I don't have any of the names. I'm really sorry about that, but uh, it, it that's a fucking hate crime, man. Uh, that's an act of terrorism against a, a specific group of people. You know, you're targeting Asians specifically to kill them because. You know, we have this this wave of information out there that Asians are responsible for the coronavirus in, in America or around the world. And it's just fucking not true, you know. So it's very sad to see that stuff. But like I said, business as usual in America. So, so yeah, not much else to say. This episode is a lot of fun. I had two of my, my close friends uh, from the comedy world, um, Amy Cardinale and Dino DiMartino. They're both super funny. And we Googled the word millennial together. We, we picked up some millennial topics and talked about it. We also get a nice appearance from uh, producer Ronnie, who comes in and tries to defend Gen Z and the hate coming at millennials right now from, tic- uh, from Gen Z on TikTok. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so we'll have that in a second. Before we get to the segment with those two, just do what you always do. Rate, review, and subscribe. If you haven't told a friend yet, please do it. We appreciate that. You know, we're trying to build an empire here, and it starts with you. Your responsibility is to just tell one person, hey, do you know about this Mike Coscarelli guy? A lot of fun. You're going to enjoy it. That's all I ask of you. Um, and if you want to follow me on social media, my Instagram, at Mike Coscarelli. My Twitter is also at Mike Coscarelli. Uh, producer Ronnie is at Ronnie side and you can email the show. You have constructive criticism. You like the show. You want to pay us a compliment, whatever. Uh, send us an email. Cosk at gmail.com. That's C O S C R U L E S at gmail.com. Um, like I said, send anything that you don't like, send it there. Don't put it out in public for people to see. All right, let's handle this in house as a family. Okay. Enough talking for me. Let's get to Dino and Amy. See you on the other side in just a few seconds. And we're back on Mike Coscarelli Rules. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. I have a, a segment. This is one of the first times we've had two separate people that have really no affiliation with each other uh, on the pod together, other than the fact that the three of us together, myself and my two guests, we make up the uh, Italian trash trifecta. Uh, and I think that's the best way to introduce my next two guests. They're both stand-up comedians. Uh, I'm talking to Dino DiMartino, who uh, also famously, one of my favorite things ever created, uh, Ted Cruz for Human President.com, uh, <laughs> the creator of that and a great stand-up comedian, uh, and Amy Cardinale, uh, hot off her Super Bowl commercial, uh, joins me. Thank you guys for being here. I'm really happy to hey, have you. Hey, good, 
Good credits. Good credits. We had a couple right? of good credits over here. <laughs> I mm. asked you guys Hot before here. we started if there was anything to plug, and you said, plug what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you want to go to a five-year-old website? You can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess the Ted Cruz thing was from when he was running for president, and he hasn't yeah. been running for president in five years. And I can't Jesus do Christ, that was so I, long ago. It was so long ago, and I can't top that fucking website, man. Well, I the Giuliani one was good. It was, I hope so. It was it like people that did see it liked it, but like the numbers are not the same. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I bet. <laughs> All right. Well, I've joined you guys here today because we're, we're playing a little game. It's not even really a game. Let's call it what it is. It's a dumb segment that I made up called We Googled the Word Millennial. Uh, and what we do in this segment is we type the word millennial into Google, we hit enter, and then we go to the news tab and see what people are saying about our generation. Uh, and there's a lot of great stuff that. Let's be honest. Typically, if I do this once a month, there's going to be a lot of the same shit in there because essentially being a millennium millennial shakes down to the fact that we're broke, we're sad, we're anxious. Um, And honestly, in some aspects, I think you guys are sort of the perfect people to have commentary on this. I mean, Amy, who is more anxious and unsettled than you? Is there a person on this planet? Me, well, maybe. That's 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 the credit you should have given me. That's that's that should have been opening line for Most sure. Way more well. accurate. <laughs> that's my greatest accomplishment is just being unbearable. No, I'm just kidding. Um, fair. I don't know how to respond to that, but yes. <laughs> Do you, like the the way that we feel, because obviously, uh, Dino, I think you're a little more stable than myself and Amy. But Definitely. I think the way it shakes out for the the, th- <laughs> the three of us overall. Do you think that whatever these issues that a lot of people our age has, uh, like anxiety seems to be one where I feel like everybody that I know has anxiety. And that was not something that was ever really talked about before. Um, like when my parents were our age, because I, I mean, I, what was I? I'm 31 now. My, my, I was born when my parents were my age. There was never a talk about, oh, my God, I'm so anxious and I'm having panic attacks and, and all this stuff. And, and uh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? There was a. There was definitely like a slug it out Italian uh, immigrant sort of mentality to the way my parents lived. I don't really feel like that exists for common folk as much anymore. People our age. Do I do you guys agree? Disagree? What do you think? Well, I agree to some extent. I think the biggest thing, though, is like you can't even compare their experience to ours because like they pissed and shit all over the ground. And then we grew up on the ground that had piss and shit on it. So they didn't have the piss and shit when they were growing. My stepdad got a job because he was like awake. Do you know what I mean? He was white while awake. (laughs) So he got to trade stocks. Do you understand? Yeah. It's like, it's just not the same. And and you can't even compare them. It's like, you know what I mean? Like apples to oranges because the circumstances are so wildly different. Um, They all voted for Reagan. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. all voted for him. They loved him. They yeah. loved him. And they created this situation where none of us have a fucking uh, pension. None of us. We're all going to retire when we die at 58 because our <laughs> hearts are swollen mounds. <laughs> and then yeah. they're like, why do you have no money? It's like, well, you it, it, literally you piss on my face and then you're like, why are you soaked in piss? That's gross. Have you yeah. considered not being covered in my piss? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Uh, Amy, thoughts? No, I agree. This is very eloquent. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, really, I, uh, I, I mean, who doesn't love some poop and pee analogies when they're talking about economics? It really drives it home. Um, yeah, I would say, I mean, men still don't admit to crying, so we still have that going for us. They're like, I haven't cried in 10 years. So I guess that mentality is still 
existing. But yeah, I agree with you. We were like 100% set up for failure, like social security, all that stuff. There's going to be no money left for that. And that's still taken out of our checks. So it's like, and it's, and I spoke to my mom about it. I was like, you completely fucked our generation. She's like, we did, but we had fun. And I was like, oh. sick. At yeah. least you admit it. At least you admitted that global warming is now our issue. Like all yeah. of these other, the climate crisis was never, everyone was just smoking pregnant. Like it was just chill. And yeah. now all these things are happening. And it's like, we're dealing with like, even if we wanted to have kids, like what is their reality going to be like with the climate changing? Like there's so many things to be anxious about now that like weren't even issues then. I yeah. Feel like. It's really interesting. One of the, the first uh, conversations that we're going to have is about millennial health, which is uh, apparently uh, not great. Um, essentially what we're looking at here is uh, the title from Neoscope, which I never heard of, but apparently it's like a science doc. Millennials are aging really badly. Experts say the worsening health profiles we found in gen X and Y is alarming. Um, this is according to Ohio State University sociologists who uncovered a disturbing trend, a downward trend of psychological, physiological, and behavioral health patterns began in baby boomers and then continued through Gen X and especially millennials. The worsening health profiles they found in Gen X and Gen Y is alarming. If we don't find a way to slow this trend, this is a quote now from, I cannot say this name. It is an Asian name. I'm really sorry. Hui uh, Zeng, I think, Professor Hui Zeng at Ohio State. As clumsy as this is, the point that I'm trying to drive home is the quote here is if we don't find a way to slow down this trend, we are potentially going to see an expansion of more morbidity and more mortality rates in the United States as these generations get older. Um, this was very surprising for me to see and read because I would have thought that given the culture around what our Instagrams and, and all that stuff, that there is sort of a wellness culture that our generation has adopted. Dino, perfect example. When I met you, you uh, were uh, you. There was more Dino. Now that you're at- recently clean from heroin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about the heroin. Yeah, <laughs> fat Not and, well. the, <laughs> and an ex heroin addict. Yeah. Now uh, you look like a skinny, healthy guy. You look like a, a handsome Italian, like you were meant to be. Um, Thank you. And I, I remember talking to you about it when that all started, when you started like taking your health a little more seriously. You were doing diets, like you were taking all this stuff seriously. And I think that that has become part of our culture. I would have thought, you know, everybody's on a keto diet or Whole30 or yeah. like doing this or doing that. So I was very surprised to hear that our health is, is worse. But then I started thinking about it more. And it makes a lot of sense because I, I don't think that health has – it's not necessarily just what you put in your body. I think it meant, we know now that mental health is a huge part of this, and we are just kind of figuring out how to deal with mental health in the, to the degree where it, it you can sort of save your own health by not stressing out and going crazy. Um, and all of these factors, you would have just thought that things were – a little bit better for us. There's no more smoking sections in restaurants. There was a time, I don't know if you guys remember the time where you could go to TGI Fridays and literally you had to ask for smoking or non-smoking and it didn't matter. Like even if you were in the non-smoking section, oh. the place reeked the fucking There's cigarettes. There's no wall. It's yeah. just, you're like farther. Dude, I, I used to go to the diner and my dad would get ashes in my eggs. Yeah, I, I, dude. Oh it my was God. <laughs> I, I don't remember like the nineties, I remember every restaurant smelling of cigarettes. Yeah. Like yeah, that yeah. that was the it's like you went to a bar, you were just gonna come out smelling like cigarettes. The only uh, place it's like that now is a casino. 
Yeah, which is why casinos fucking rock. They rule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. they rule. Yeah. But uh, overall, I mean, Amy, you sort of like, you, you know, you have a background in, in the health field. Uh, do you think that this is fair? Like, are you surprised that our health overall is going to be like, is worse than the people that came before us? Because this literally, this shocked me a little bit. I mean, I just think it's stress related, like stress causes cancer. Stress is like a huge proponent in like a lot of illnesses, heart disease, all that stuff. I mean, obesity has always been big in America because of just like our culture in general. We're more like sedentary. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it. I get what you're saying because there's more knowledge. Like people are vegan, vegetarian. There's like yeah. a lot more like lifestyle changes like that you see on Instagram. But like, but it's also like, I think it's a dichotomy of like, everyone's on their fucking phone hunched over all the time. So people's posture shit. Um, and it's just like very unhealthy psychologically of like, everyone's monitoring everyone's like successes. Yeah. Mm. And then that spirals your mental health. And then you're not like present when you're with your friends. Cause you're on your phone all the time and everything like that. But um, I mean, I don't know. Part of it makes sense, but I think a lot of it is like stress. There's just a lot of like financial stress. There's just a lot of stress that happens. I don't know. I agree. I, I think also like to feel bad about your body, you had to like go do something. You had to like open a magazine. You had to leave your house. Now it's like literally to check the time. <laughs> to leave your house. <laughs> you had to like to actually like feel like a fat piece of shit. You had, yeah. you had to, like, you weren't constantly juxtaposed with like you know like somebody with a big fake ass in L.A. Every time you look <laughs> at the time on your phone, so yeah. it's. It, but also like I, I, to Amy's point. I think the human mind, we were not meant to know this much about this many people. Yeah. I don't mm -hmm. think it's just like, I, my parents know like seven guys and three of them are dead. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Their lives are so, the, the actual amount of monitoring that happens is so like, it, my stepdad deleted his LinkedIn because someone sent him a message that he didn't know. <laughs> Think about it. And he thought Think that the, the guy was trying to like get information out of him. Yeah. He was like, he's, <laughs> he's next is the bank cards. That's it's, it's hello. And then the next thing is the bank cards. Yeah, right. But I feel like it's insane. Cause I had to do a shoot and there was like a woman for makeup and she literally knew my life story. Cause she's like, Oh, I Google like all my clients before. And I was like, that's psychotic. Mm -hmm. And she knew about like what degree I had, what I did, like all this oh, stuff. And it was like alarming. And she's like, Oh, do you know your phone numbers online? Like, it's insane how much information is available. And then like, people are just open about like being inappropriate, like just being like, Oh yeah, of course I did. And she yeah. did. I looked at, went to my LinkedIn. I'm like, that's so insane. And that's just like what people do. Yeah. You know? No, I that's, agree. Like, before, yeah. Before you didn't know about what your exes were doing. Now it's like you go on Instagram and it's like a whole Avenue of like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you were on Venmo every day, yeah. <laughs> like, the Venmo is a sneaky one. The Venmo is one where you're like, all right, I've blocked them on everything. No more Instagram, no more Twitter. I can't see anything they do. And then you yes. see them pay another man for nachos. And you're just like, fuck, fuck. Ah! She's having nachos with Henry. Exposure. <laughs> ah. Venmo, Venmo, Facebook, Instagram, you, Twitter, all of it. Block, yeah, block, block. All, of it, all of it's bad. Uh, yeah, remember to block your ex on Venmo. Uh, yeah. It's interesting though because uh, so I I've been watching. Have either of you guys ever watched this show called Tales from the Tour Bus? It was Mike Judge's. Um, Mike Judge is the guy who did Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill. I was that. literally watching King of the Hill right before this. King, beautiful, masterful show. Really, super funny guy. Um, yeah. Obviously, and like a like a 
kind of like a TV comedy icon. Um, he uh, he did the, he was doing this show for Cinemax, I think, called Tales from the Tour Bus, where it was it was like half animation, half documentary style stuff, and um, he uh, it's all about. The first season's all about country music and country music singers and stars and stuff like that. And just what maniacs they were. So the idea is that he sits down with these people that were in his in you know, Waylon Jennings band or, you know, uh just in the lives of George Jones and all these people. And really the whole takeaway from all these stories is that these people were just complete lunatics. Like white trash dummies that like had just a lot of money. People they ended up getting a lot of money because they were famous and successful music country singers um and they're doing drugs they're shooting guns they're crashing cars they're like doing all this crazy shit uh and you go back and you look at some of the pictures that they have and some of the lifestyles that people like this were living like the lifestyle of people from 19 i don't know probably like 1965 to 1990 were nuts yeah, the everybody's smoking cigarettes. Barbiturates. That was like, yeah. oh, you can't sleep. Here's 200 quaaludes. And they would smoke yeah. cigarettes. Like my dad used to tell me Pax. all the time. He's like, they would smoke. But you know what? I'm just thinking about it. And like, like now it's like the internet wasn't existing. Don't you think that's like why we're all unhealthy? Like the internet wasn't there. Like imagine how much better our mental health would be now. Do, so think- is it is it fair to say that it is is all mental health related? Because I, I feel like it's like if you were living like some of these people, like if you were just a guy in Texas in like 1977, there is no way that your actual lifestyle was healthier than the way that a lot of people live now. There's no way. You're drinking I, beer like six packs a day, uh, six packs of beer a day. You're smoking like a pack of cigarettes a day. You're fucking like uh, like... You know what I mean? You're having probably unprotected sex, and I don't, I'm making oh, yeah. like crass uh, generalizations, but do you know what I mean? <laughs> what? There's such specific crass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Doing anal <laughs> in the back. You're, you're sleeping with someone in Rhonda, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're shooting guns into the air and fucking riding horses. Like I'm making up all these things, but like. There's no way like and, and the way that like, you know, in the 80s, they tried to make the, the government tried to make ketchup of uh, de- declare it a vegetable. They actually tried to do that. And it was just like, here, this is healthy vegetable ketchup. Put it on things. Eat as much ketchup as you can. And that's what people thought about health. So, I mean, it, I guess there's something to say about the fact that it, there's a mental aspect of this, that we are just not we're the first generation that is just like. We're almost the guinea pigs for like, how much internet can you take? Yeah, dude, exactly. That's what I was like. This was an uh, an untested thing. You know what I mean? And yeah. then all of a sudden, here, kids, have as much of it as you want, whenever you want. Yeah, and, and be seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> find whatever you want. You want to see a man get killed? You can find it. No to problem. Re- <laughs> to reiterate, you are seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, dude, it's crazy. But I think. I think we're our generation specifically is a case study and knowing what actually is or isn't healthy doesn't necessarily predicate being healthy. Mm. Like we're more aware than our parents are, but that's not really affecting our behavior in any real way. Yeah. And also we're like the ADD, like Adderall generation where we were like thrown stimulants and Ritalin and all this stuff with like no research on how that really affects a kid. And that was like, everyone had ADD. Everyone was, 
taking Adderall and it was like, oh, now people have heart problems. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, there was <laughs> yeah. like, there was just like no research and it was just like what everyone did. And, and people yeah. were drinking four locos and nobody knew that was yeah. bad for you. Or like what a five hour time. energy. Like, <laughs> yeah, I used to five hour energy and a four loco before I went out, like all the time in college. And I was like, that is like literally so unhealthy, but it's like, you didn't know. Yeah. But it's just like readily available. Like it just didn't matter. I don't know. Were either of you, to- oh, go ahead. Yeah. I used to open up the little cap of the Adderall and I, if I was feeling lazy, I wouldn't even smush them and I would just snort the beads. So and would then, I. Yeah. See, this is a common, we're going to, we all have them in our, they're like, apparently it's a real thing. They will like, the bead will just go in your brain. Like is it does true? It'll just, it's just there now. It's just, that's where that it is. That is so little, not true. You got a little bead in your brain. It I, metabolizes. I, I was, I was snorting this and, and this girl I was seeing at the time, she was pre-med and she's like, oh, you got to smush that before you snort it. It'll, the bead's going to be in your brain. And I was like, thank you, future doctor. That. <laughs> yeah. So that's where to- this intel came from. A, f- a like, potential doctor. It says doctor. more about her that she was sleeping with a guy that was. <laughs> I mean, she was, hey, hey, buddy, listen, I didn't finish the story. <laughs> <laughs> let Dino talk. Let's let Dino finish. <laughs> so she's like, before you do mine, you got to take a battery and a dollar bill and smush it. <laughs> I used to use a credit card. Yeah. Oh, well, the credit card. The problem was those beads, though, where they were feisty. Like to really get the beads, <laughs> something with with some heft, and they would shoot around the room too. It, That's what I'm saying. They fly out. There's a dorm at Villanova, a freshman dorm that has like 200 little Adderall beads still rolling around from me 10 years ago. This is so great. These are I, these are like these are the stories that I feel like I've never gotten out of you, Dino. These were like the 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 rough Dino stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ones I, on stage are usually fun. Yeah, yeah. These are a little more dark. Uh, did you guys take Adderall when you were a kid? Did they prescribe you for Amy? I it has to be right. When I was seven. Yeah. And then I took. I actually have like pure Adderall kid, so I used to have to go to the the nurse every day when I was in elementary school halfway through the day because they didn't have XR yet. Mm-hmm. So they didn't get XR until we were in sixth grade. So like around 2001. So they basically put an ADHD kid responsible every day. And I would never remember. So every day in class, the loudspeaker would go off and they'd be like, Amy Cardinelli report to the nurse's office. Yeah. And all this, the, the kids would be like, why do you always have to go to the nurse's office? And I'd be like, I caught my finger. But then it was like, okay, every day, <laughs> every day. <laughs> and, then, and then in sixth grade, they it came out with 30 XR. So like, cause I was part of the popular crew in sixth grade, just cause I was mean, but I yeah. was part of the popular of crew and it was so embarrassing. And then eventually like in sixth or seventh grade, they came out with the orange pill and it was like the best day of my life because I didn't have to remember, but yeah, I was on Adderall for 17 years. And then I started to get heart problems. Like I started to get like, like a little bit of, I had to go to a cardiologist cause my yeah. heart was like, Tack, like tachycardia, tachycardia, whatever it is, where it was like crazy beats per minute. And then I, I went off it in 2016. So from like 1998 or whatever. Very long time. Yeah, math's not important. 17 years is a long time. That's so uh, very long time. Even as I'm listening to the story, though, because I was an Adderall kid, too. They had me on all sorts. I, I was a they really uh, experimented on me. Did you eat? I would. It was I remember I never ate lunch and I was always a really skinny kid because it's a stimulant. So you don't eat. So when I went off it, I gained so much weight. I I remember yeah. having like I, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't eat like I, I wouldn't say that I was like under eating, but I remember 
the feeling that I would get. It was honestly, it was like a, a feeling of being anxious. Like I, I just had this constant panic in my head that like I wasn't getting something done. And sometimes I wasn't getting like I, I, I took a stand in like sixth, seventh grade where I just decided that homework wasn't for me and I wasn't going to do it anymore. <laughs> so, Put my foot down. I mean, that maybe that that feeling was like warranted that I was just like, oh, shit, you're like months behind on all this work that you didn't do. But um, I do remember taking it and like going to like the first half of the day was just this like anxiety ridden nightmare because I was just like I was in this zone. You know, like Adderall just puts you in this zone. And if you're like a fucking creative six, well, not six years old, the sixth grader, seventh grader or whatever, like your mind wants to be like, you know, pretending and creating a bunch of shit. And like your Adderall forces you to like not do that stuff. But they would have me. They would give me caffeine when I was a kid. I was in like third grade. They were like, all right, we hear coffee helps with attention span for kids with ADD. So here's some coffee and here's some. And I remember I was taking Ritalin. I think in fifth grade and then I was taking, I remember Adderall and there was one other one that they tried, but I'm listening to Amy's story and obviously I'm, I'm relating to it, but on top of that, I'm hearing this whole thing. And it's like, yeah, I was from this, when I was a kid, they started putting me on this pill and then I had heart problems. What other generation do, were they just pumping pills into children I, I can't think of another time where it was like another another an adult that has a story that's like, yeah, I was constantly on medication for my attention span or constantly on medication because like, uh, you know, like I, I, I couldn't do blah, 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 blah in school. Something that isn't like the polio vaccine. That's never that didn't happen before us. You know, the only thing they used to do was barbiturates. So like and I don't know why, but it was like, oh, specifically with like little girls, they'd be like, she's hysterical. Let's give her a couple of black beauties. That'll calm her down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But the thing was at that point they were prescribing it, which just wasn't to kids. It was to women. So like adult women, they would just give them like, Oh, it's a diet pill. Mm -hmm. Oh, you won't, you won't Mm -hmm. need to eat because this is what keeps truckers awake for three days. So you won't (laughs) need to eat. Right. This is a good, healthy. We've tested it on truckers. They don't sleep anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Think about how productive you can be. Think about what you can get the whole house cleaned and your neighbor's house cleaned. That's the (laughs) fucked up thing. It's like none of these women, like their husbands, like even wouldn't even let them have jobs. So it's like, okay, here, here's a madness house. Here's a place for you to go crazy in. (laughs) You won't sleep for the rest of your life, and you'll have nothing to do. (laughs) Yeah, mother's little helper. That was, I mean, the house was so fucking clean. The floor was waxed. I mean. Who doesn't want to come home to a house that's super clean and a woman who's bouncing off the walls? Yeah. Who's sanding the wallpaper off? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I do that now. I can't imagine. I can't imagine doing that. And I would Amy, I, just, I, like, I can't imagine yeah. you on ADHD medication. No. I clean really well, though. Ironically, I could clean a whole house very well on Did you, Adderall. Do you I'm have, foaming like, at the mouth, but I, I was going to do you have veneers? Yeah. I could like, do it in privately. Private. I private. <laughs> Very efficient. Can't be around people for like two days after. It's a whole thing. Because I, I, I imagine your teeth were these little baby nubs. <laughs> when I when they used to make me take that, there was a time in my life where I hated taking it so much. I, I, I might have been in high school at that time. Did you hate it? I loved it. Oh, no. I'm, I'm actually surprised. Anytime people were in college and they were like, dude, I got to get some Adderall. Like, I need to take it for, to study or whatever. I was always shocked. I was like, this makes this doesn't make you feel horrible. Why? Why do you want to take this? Like, it it would always blew my mind. Um, and 
when I was in high school, there was a time where I, and I, I might be remembering this story wrong, but this is the way I remember it. They, my mom had a, the bottle of pills. It was next to her bed. So they knew that I didn't like to take it. And I had been caught before not taking it. So my mom at a certain point used to make me like take it in front of her. She'd be like, all right, here's the pill. You have to take it and then show me your mouth. Like I used to have to like, like move my tongue around. And be like, yeah, I took it. You see, like I'm not hiding it. Cause there was a little stretch where I would hide it under my like tongue and just like spit it out. And I think, I think she found one in the sewer once. Like there, there was like, was, I think <laughs> like I, I had up? to have been in, yeah. Like Is it she was just like, searching. For no, it I, I, I think I through. just like, I think I threw it in the, like, like, uh, what well, I grew up in like a, a condominium development. So there was like, it wasn't the sewer. Like she, it wasn't, she didn't like dive into the sewer to find it, but I left it. Like I didn't bury it the right way. I kind of like left it on top of whatever. And I think maybe that's what it was. I threw it on the top of the sewer, like grate, And it, like you can see it. You can see a pill if it's on if it's like contrast against like a yeah. you know like a green sewer grate or whatever. And sh- I think she found it and was like, "I found this fucking pill outside. Like you have to take this in front of us now." So there was a stretch for a couple years where I my mom was like, "You have to take this in front of me because we need to make sure that you're taking this." Um, it's kind of insane looking back. This is why like... you are the way you are. I just like learned so much about, about you. <laughs> like shit. literally, I was always like, what the fuck is wrong with Coscarelli? And then you just told me the story. And I'm like, oh, wow. I just I just dive deep into your psyche. And I'm like, everything makes sense. I just had like a moment where I was like, oh, oh. there we're always, we go. We're always peeling back another layer. Of, of one I don't think I need any more layers. That was yeah. enough layers. That was enough <laughs> layers for the rest of my life. Three layers ago, they smell like shit. The layers. <laughs> <laughs> These layers suck. Bad layers. All right, let's move on to some finance stuff. Uh, obviously, that's some shit we got to talk about as millennials. Um, so on mornings with Maria, which is a stupid uh, Fox News show, uh, there is this uh, real estate CEO. This woman. Fucking Jesus Christ, I have this audio playing. Real estate woman named Dottie Herman, who was talking to Maria Bartiromo, who, whatever, forget the fact that this came from Fox News. But the quote is important. Uh, she's saying that real estate in Texas, Florida, and Colorado are top choices for millennial home buyers. Uh, and that's coming from a lot of experts. But this woman says uh, they're picking cities that are smaller, that are walkable. They like the amenities where everything is close. There's yoga. Uh, they're all about lifestyle. Uh, it's interesting because a couple years ago, all the news was about how people our age were moving into these big metropolitan cities. We're moving into like San Francisco, New York City, L.A. to some degree. Um, and now, and it could be because of the pandemic. It could also be because of the tax stuff. People are fucking leaving these cities. Do you know a lot of people who have left? I, I know probably like five, six people that have gone to Austin. Uh, hilarious to me that people think there's going to be another entertainment industry in Austin. Well, Joe but, Rogan, he moved. Right. I know. <laughs> if following they, him. He's him all and, industry for them. Him and uh, Elon Musk, it's like they made the move and everybody's like, oh, dude, like we got to be right behind these trailblazers. Joe Rogan <laughs> and Elon Musk. Uh, he could you, move anywhere that for because he's so famous. Like it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. yeah, he's got like $50 million in the bank. Probably maybe more. Who the fuck knows? He does whatever he wants. It, he, but he didn't move there for opportunities. Uh, no, no, I don't think so. I think he moved there to fucking have a bunch of guns and like have yeah. a, uh, a fun life. If you're that type of guy, like, listen, Joe Rogan does make sense to me in Austin. 
there's a certain type of person that fits in Texas, you know, like if you, if you want to do, I like Joe Rogan enough, you know, like he's fine. I don't, I'm not like a Rogan hater. I know he's like a divisive guy at this point, especially even within the comedy community, which is kind of hilarious in and of itself. But he is sort of like a guy's guy in that aspect. He, he, I bet I could see Rogan being interested in fucking riding a bull or doing some crazy shit. And Austin still, by I've never been there, but from everything I've heard, gives you the ability to sort of have like, it's a Texas feel with like a, like a Brooklyn attitude, you know? Yeah. If for a guy that like likes to shoot guns and take acid, it's actually probably the perfect Venn diagram. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. But for all the other people that I know that are moving, these other, like, I don't know any, uh, Florida, I guess is a little different. Uh, and I know a couple people that have moved to Denver also, which same, same, was also same. a bit surprising. Uh, cause I just always thought that place stunk. Like who the fuck would want to live in Colorado? But, uh, all these people that are moving, do you know anybody like with money? That's like, what, what are the, what's the situation of the people our age that are moving to these places that, you know, uh, well, Robbie, Robbie moved to Saratoga. Um, Robbie Leon. Yeah. Robbie lives in Saratoga now. Springs. What? Yeah. Saratoga Springs. Upstate. Upstate. Well, but upstate's not now? quite like upstate's not like Colorado though. I know, but he, I mean, he moved out of, I mean, he's like two and a half hours out of the city and yeah. he, he got like a, you know, he has like a apartment that's three times the size of his old one. Right. Um, and then I, like, I have a bunch of friends that moved to Austin, moved to a ton of friends moved to Nashville. That was like yeah. the big thing two years ago. Yeah. They're all, anybody I know that grew up in Manhattan is currently in like either Nashville, Austin or LA. Interesting. Comedy people yeah. or just regular people? Regular people. These were all okay. Like, none yeah, of my comedian have, friends moved to Austin. Yeah, I um, I have a friend. She actually just came over. Um, she's moving to, she's money. There, she's moving to Denver. So if you, I mean, my family. I have a lot of family from Colorado, and it's really beautiful there. But it's a, it's definitely a big, a big jump. I mean, from here, it's a totally different environment. But um, yeah, a lot of people are moving. Like to Connecticut, I know there's a Connecticut, like real estate is like crazy there. Um, people are just kind of moving to the suburbs, Long Island. Like I know my parents' neighborhood, there's a million houses for sale and they're getting bought like really, really quickly. No. So I guess my millennial friends with money are moving to Denver that I know of. Yeah. Um, I know Austin has gotten really expensive to live because of the changes and the shifts They're now saying or, it's, it's almost as much as it, it's like as the same as New York living there. It's it like, is the it's, same. The boom it's the is sa- crazy. Even San Antonio, like there's certain other smaller cities too, that are way more. Um, I had a friend that moved to San Diego. Um, but I think it's harder because it's like, if you're living in the city for like, I live in Manhattan. It's like my savings is like, I mean, it exists, but I'm saying like, I don't live a lifestyle where it's like, I could just take a loan out or buy a house. It's yeah. like, I feel like a lot of our generation, we live paycheck to paycheck and it's very hard to like save up. So like, I so, know me, it's like, I can just buy a house because of the pandemic personally. Here, So here's the reason why I wanted to get into this, because it's interesting that you brought up the, the savings thing. Do uh, the three of us, because of the... um the life mistake that we've made pursuing entertainment and show business. Do, are we in a bubble? Is it, do do you know people that aren't in entertainment and show business that like have a bunch of money saved that can do this? Cause it seems like if people our age 
are making these moves, moving like across the country and buying houses and buying apartments or whatever. Is it, do you think it has to do with maybe being in a relationship? You're either getting married or you are married or you're with somebody long-term. You guys kind of like go in together and, and do this stuff. Um, or is it just like everybody that we know, period, is just broke, living paycheck to paycheck, paying off their student loans, whatever, living with. I didn't think that at 31 I'd be living with three men. I thought I'd be <laughs> in a mansion somewhere, <laughs> like <laughs> or in a penthouse in, in the Bowery so or, or whatever, with my fucking hot-ass Italian wife who, you know, and I would be making, um, you know, uh, two movies a year like Woody Allen or, or whatever. That's what I thought in my <laughs> yeah, head. Just like Woody Allen. Just like Woody Allen. Yeah, me, you know, me, Woody. What a, what, a, what a person to aspire to be. Someone yeah. that married daughter. <laughs> just like Woody Allen. Yeah, he's a great Italian, artist. Adopted daughter. <laughs> but, I feel like Dean, yeah. Wait, go ahead, never mind, maybe. go on. No, 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 I was going to say, I feel like Dino and I are bad because we both have regular jobs. So like, yeah. we, I don't, I've never lived like a comics lifestyle because I've always had like a job with benefits and like, like I do comedy, but I've always had like that responsible part where I could save mm. not a lot, but I've always been like financially, like my credit score has to be on par. I've never like a lot of our friends are like what you're saying. I feel like I never lived that specific life. Yeah. I don't know I, about you. I lived like a comedian um, and then I quit heroin <laughs> and then I started actually doing comedy. I'm, I'm extremely financially secure, but <laughs> But I, I think, Mike, the thing is, like, all these people that are, quote, unquote, like, buying houses, yeah. I don't know anyone that's bought a house around here, like, a, like yeah. Silver Island and mostly Jersey or um, Connecticut, without the s- substantial financial backing of their parents. It's right. like a down payment. You have to be – you have to have, like, I don't know, 125, 150 grand cash, like, you know, liquid – um, none of these kids have that. I, and then like, they, they have great jobs. I mean, some of them are like, you know, uh, c- counsel for uh, a big corporation, or they work for one of those contract law for law firms where like, you're making 200 grand pretty much right out of law school. They don't have a hundred grand liquid. It's just like, even these people that are like, if you're buying a house right now at 30 in the tri-state area, yeah, I would say more, more, more often than not, it's because your parents are at least subsidizing some of that down payment. And maybe you can afford the mortgage, but that down payment is like an insurmountable. It seems like a mountain that is impossible to climb. Yeah. Like thinking of $100,000 to like hand that over to somebody and then mm-hmm. not have it be every penny that you have yeah. seems impossible. I, I, I don't even know. And I, I've gotten in my life, I have made, I think, roughly like six figures flat. Which used to be the goal. Like when I, I used to hear my parents talk about when I was coming up, like, like yeah, six figure salary. Like that's you, that's where you want to get to. You can have like a nice life with a six figure salary. That's like a good. I, I'm still living with four, three guys. <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like it just doesn't seem to make much of a difference. And I don't know what the number is now, to where you can kind of have a really awesome, like comfortable life. It's got to be. You have to be making somewhere between like one fifty and two. I think, right? Yeah. To to live like the life where you're just like, all right, cool. We don't have to worry about money. Like we're all good. Uh, if a kid gets sick, we we got it covered. I can send my kids to college or whatever. Like, I can't even imagine being that. I'm not that close to forty, but I can't really imagine that within the next like 
nine years. I, I can't. Something. Right. I mean, I if like you moved, if happen. you moved, exactly. Like I feel like honestly, it's like where you live. Like in New York, that seems impossible. But it's like if you move to like South Carolina, you could have a big house with sixty grand a year or fifty grand a year. It's mm-hmm. all, all where right. you live. Like there's still parts of the country where you could like be very comfortable with like, you know. But yeah. here it's hard. It's a very expensive place to live. So here's the here's the the next question in this this line of questioning that we're we're talking about here. Let's say that comedy and entertainment, we hit a point, all three of us, where we're just like, fuck this, it's time to go. Like, I don't, I'm not pursuing this dream anymore. I'm a regular person. What does it take to get you guys to leave New York City? Is, it, is there a number? Is there a possibility? Like, what do you need to see to be one of these people who's like, all right, time to check out Austin or check out, not even, let's not even say one of these popular cities, but let's just say you go to a city that you kind of like. You go there like a couple times. Let's say, uh, let's say, uh, Charleston, right? That's like a cool city, I think. <laughs> South Carolina. You go to Charleston yeah. and you're just like, hey, I like Charleston. It's pretty cool, whatever. I'm a New Yorker, but like maybe it's time to, to spend a couple years living down here in Charleston. Would you do it? Could you do it? Dude, my apartment's rent stabilized. So that's a no. I'm just saying, you know what you'd have to get? Like to get me out of this place. Oh, boy. I would really have to be canceled, I think. I would have to be run out of town on a rail. That's what really would take me. If I do something preposterously fucking stupid, that's what yeah. it would really take. Amy? Um, this And in this scenario, I, I have completely given up comedy, essentially. Is that what this is? Is that what you're is? asking me? You're asking me? Yeah, I'm asking yeah. you. Yeah, you're just like, I'm going to be a physical therapist or whatever you do. And I'm just going to like, I'm just going to say, fuck it. I want to live in a place where I have some space. Do you see that? I mean, we're in our thirties already. I think part of the issue is that like, I also think that we're one of the first generations that was, um, allowed to pursue our fucking stupid dreams, uh, with basically no blowback. I don't know how you guys felt about like, I don't know if your parents gave you any, but my parents honestly, primarily have been pretty supportive of all the idiotic things that I've thought that I can do with my life. There was like a there was maybe yeah. like a year to six months in my very early twenties where I had to convince them where I was like, see, I'm taking this seriously, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna go for it. And then once I had done that, they were like, All right, well you have our support, like go ahead, give it a shot. And yeah. now we're in our thirties and like I don't know. I I remember I think that my thinking was, hey, I'm going to be the fucking, you know, I, I already said Woody Allen, lunch with Woody Allen and all that stuff. But, you know, I haven't quite hit that. <laughs> so now the question is, like, at what point this is like deeply philosophical, but like at See, what point yeah. is it time to be like normal? And and unfortunately, um, we're like, behind the eight ball because we haven't been normal for these years. We we're supposed to be like building towards. I mean, life. I, yeah, I feel like for me, my parents, now that I'm getting checks for comedy for the first time are supportive, but I didn't grow up with supportive family. Like I have the opposite situation with you where it's like, I had to get my master's. I had to like do, Mm. like, it was very much like everything had to be by the book. You have to support yourself. Like you have to live this life. And that's like, I still have that where it's like, I have my own place. Like I, like I'm very like old school with like being responsible, but yeah, if I were to quit, I always say I would never live in New York. Like if I didn't do this, I would probably live out West yeah, I think I could. See oh, myself. yeah, we've had conversations. You yeah, I could see California. myself. I could see myself in California, actually, probably Colorado or even like um, not Portland because it's just too I can't. 
Um, I don't know, maybe <laughs> like face. maybe like Seattle or something like that. But I would want to go where the environment is kind of the opposite of where I grew up. I wouldn't mind getting a new climate, new weather, and just a, like more relaxed people. Like you know what I mean? Mm. Like we're so uptight here. I, I don't know. I, and then maybe I'd move back, but eventually, I think. Every I go to LA for work sometimes, and um, yeah. And every time I'm there, I'm like, the weather, like, oh, my God, it's sunny every day. It mm-hmm. never rains. Oh, it's so gorgeous here. And then I get into an Uber. And the guy's <laughs> like, I am an actor. Here are my credits. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, the, I can't escape this shit. I yeah. literally can't get away from it. Because sometimes, you know what I mean? I'm outside and I'm like, I would literally trade my life for like a pack of grapes. Some, you know what I mean? When you're yeah. on the subway yeah. and you're like, I would leave this city because it's spitting in my mouth 24-7. But <laughs> all in, I can't imagine like not being able to just like go outside with no plan and then just fucking walk somewhere. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I just can't. Yeah, even, yeah, that's true. I don't need a plan to get to the Bronx right now. Yeah. Like that's, I think that's a very valuable for me, at least like a thing I, that's sort of indispensable. Yeah. And especially like, I, I think maybe it's bad because my frame of reference is LA where that's just not possible. You absolutely must have a car. You must plan around traffic and all this shit. Um, I, I, I can't imagine a place that's like this. I mean, there are some places where it's like to an extent, there's pretty good public transportation. Like I hear Chicago's is pretty good, Yeah, but it's just, it's not the same. Yeah, I don't know what other cities you can just like kind of like exist and get around with without a car. I I can't. I imagine. feel like Philly. I feel like Philly. You can. Philly's maybe small, Chicago. so maybe. Yeah, sure, like yeah. I, I used to I live think in I've Philly. End to end from Philly. I got kicked yeah, out Philly's... of a girl's apartment at like seven o'clock in the morning once in I Philly. Remember and... this story? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh <laughs> man, I don't know why. I'll have to hear about this sometime. I've I've not you heard. Think it was a bit. It well, yeah. Was she it? she kicked me out, and it was like um. Yeah, this this was uh this was a, an interesting. We we did a show. You uh, traveled there with the Ravens, yeah. right? Yeah, I did a show with Jordan and uh, oh and, and Brett, I think, and we did um we did some show. This girl that I knew from high school that I had a huge crush on in high school and like stayed in contact with throughout like my most of my adult life came and. Uh, I, we just like, we ended up kind of hooking up and then like, I, I stayed, <laughs> I stayed the night and then clearly she like was, thought it was a mistake. Like, <laughs> like it was one of those, oh, it was no. like, it was like, <laughs> she was just like, no. yeah, in the morning, like, like I woke up and, and like, I wasn't, exp- I, I, Jordan drove me. So I was expecting to like, like he was like, all right, so what am I doing? Am I leaving you here? Or am I not? I was like, yeah, dude, go like you guys go back to New York. I'll figure out a way. I'll take a bus back or something. But I, it was a Sunday and I was like, how do I, like, I wasn't planning on leaving at fucking seven o'clock in the morning to get home. So there was no bus until like oh noon. Yeah. And she was just like, she's like, listen, uh, last night that was fun, cool, whatever. But like. I got shit to do oh, today. Yeah, it's Sunday. She's like, I want to go do yoga. I know I you don't live do... in this city, but you uh, need yeah. to leave. She's like, you got to go. So <laughs> yeah. I was just like, uh, okay, like, uh, sounds great. So what oh, should I no. do? 
She's just like, I don't know, the bus station's that way. <laughs> just like pointed. Wait, like, how old were you? <laughs> this was like, I don't know, five years ago, maybe? He was like, testing me while this ago. was happening. Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, I, I had never, dude, that, that was a low point for me. I felt really bad after that. Like I left and I was just like, I remember like waiting for, the Philly Greyhound station, by the way, is a dump. It looks like mm. a bomb went off. It's, it's bad. bad. Yeah. It's bad. Um, but point being that I was able to walk. I mean, she was on the like, one end of the city and then the, the Greyhound station was like somewhere in the, in like center city. And I was able to like walk it uh, pretty quickly. I thought it was going to kill a lot more time than it did. And I had to go find a diner to sit in for like two hours before the bus came. So that's yeah, an that, ego killer for sure. Oh, it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's funny though, because I feel like a lot of the conversation about us living in, thank you, Amy. Thank you for talking over my riff, but <laughs> I, lost the headphones. I guess this will be an edit. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that a lot of the conversation about our generation moving into the big cities when this was like the original conversation had to do with the fact that someplace like New York has public transit and for a while, I think our generation was trying to make it seem like we cared about the environment. And I think now people are like, fuck it. Get me out of here. Pandemic. I can work from home. I can't stay in this like like a uh, uh, 700 square foot apartment. I think it's kind of funny how we're just turning into our parents in that way where it's like, OK, it's finally time to get the fuck out of the city. Like like fun's over. Like people that use New York as like a college town. It's a little strange to me that people are just like, OK, I had my four fun years here and now it's time to go. This it's a place funny, people live, you know? It's funny that we're doing it without kids because that's why they left. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like, I have to, well, I have to take, my dog gets very nervous. So I have to get yeah. out of the city <laughs> yeah. to tend to my 20 pound chihuahua that has bulimia for whatever reason. Yeah. We need you the know? peace and quiet of Denver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I can't, yeah. I also like, I can't stand the noise anymore. I don't know what the fuck happened because I live in the East Village and like oh, now it's coming back. Yeah. And it's so loud. It was so quiet. It was just like one crazy man that like yelled and you're like, oh, that's cute. And yeah. now now it's like him and like these annoying girls wearing napkins as dresses, like <laughs> yeah. down my street screaming. And I'm like, the fuck is yeah. going on? Like, you know what I mean? But you're becoming like, someone that kidnap this woman. Yeah, I know. I was like, someone kidnap her. Someone put a bag over her head because hey, I need to put a shirt on yeah. and I won't call the cops because I don't give a fuck. But and then I'm like to the homeless man. Come on, make yourself useful. You've been yelling. Also, come on, go take one of these girls into an alley. Do something. Oh, but, but it's just it's very loud. Dino, this you know, who I am. And this is just it's just very loud. And I really don't approve of it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Mike, were you with us when we were barking for local? And they, like one of those like East Village girls that Amy just described was like hobbling on her heels in this incredibly short skirt that was like basically hiked all the way up. And some guy driving by just went, hey, we can see your pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and they just kept trying. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the thing, man. Like we, so they don't we, care though. It's so funny. <laughs> no, I like I see that. women's labii multiple times a night, just like hanging out, out, and I'm like they just don't care. Yeah, yeah. Young women in Manhattan really will just wear. They, it, it could be like 25 degrees out there. Won't wear a coat. Uh, they have very little clothing on. I mean, listen, man. That's that's like that's that's part of the game here. That's the way it works. But it's been fun. Like even. 
the experience, like the, the thing that Dino just referenced for the listener, we used to run a show in the Lower East Side at this really horrible bar called Local 138, and we used to have to bark the show in. So it would be me, Dino, um, uh, Chris Cheney, who's been on this show in the past, a bunch of our friends who were around doing stand-up comedy would stand on the street for I mean, it was the whole night, but that show was at like eight, I think, or nine. And we would yeah. be out there like nine to midnight trying to get the show off. It never And Donovan, but, too. Yeah. yeah. Our friend John Donovan. And uh, there is just an energy from being in New York that is like it's unmatched. But I do think that part of the lifestyle is you have to kind of be out like you can't be out in the street like that in there. How many cities can you do that? Right. Where it's just like you're out, you're you're interacting with these people. And I guess the pandemic is like, you know it does make it more difficult to have that type of lifestyle. Like did either of you guys spend time at your parents at all during the pandemic? No, Mm-mm. dude. I, I went out to my parents' place in, I was out there for probably like two and a half months, I think May to the middle of July. And, um, I definitely had that thought the first week I was out there. I was like, Oh, well, if the pandemic, who knows when we're going back to work, if I can work from home, maybe I get a place out in Jersey. Like, I don't know, maybe long branch or, or Asbury could be cool. That is not, I would rather lick a pole than spend (laughs) an hour with my mom. I would literally rather eat the bat that gave us all COVID (laughs) than than spend two hours with my, I'll sacrifice my life than sit and spend a night at my mom's house where I use a towel and she's like, we got to put it in the wash. Give it to me, quick, 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 quick. I haven't seen them in a year, and they're like, "Why don't you visit?" I'm like, "The virus." They're like, "You're vaccinated." I'm like, "Gotta go." Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but yeah, I would eat. A, I would eat a bat. So congratulations on you for two months. No, honestly, it wasn't it, living with my parents was not really that bad for that stretch, especially I think it's a little easier when it's a downtime. I had some moments where I was like, I, I feel like I've just like completely my life's ruined. I crapped out. And now because I was going to the breakup and, and there's all that stuff going on. And I definitely had that moment where I was like, oh, my God, like I am the the a cautionary tale. I'm 30 years old. I'm back at my parents place. I'm sleeping on a bed that has like, uh, you know, like a uh, uh, fluorescent. Uh, floral designs on it it's a in a twin bed next to the wall like the whole thing was just like uh that aspect of it once i got over the ego area aspect of the whole thing it wasn't that bad but being out in jersey i was just like jersey just sucks this is this is such a shitty place to live and i've always kind of felt that way it's kind of hard to imagine being the type of person who's like all right cool i'm 30 i got a kid let's Time to move out to fucking, you know, Homedale. Like, I just can't see it happening. It's just so strange to me to think that that would be the, the case, you know. But anyway, let's move on to our final thing here. Uh, there has been an Internet war going on. Uh, it's kind of it's been a funny thing to watch. Obviously, it's happening a little more on TikTok, which, Amy, that's your area. I know that you're trying to pretend that you're 21 still on TikTok, which has been fun to watch for all of us. <laughs> Uh, wow. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> At least I'm trying. <laughs> uh, so fuck it, man. <laughs> Gen Z apparently has been coming after millennials all over the Internet. And there's this little uh, mini culture war happening between our generation and the kids coming up behind us. I think it'd be a perfect time to bring in our uh, Generation Z producer, Ronnie Side. Ronnie, can you please hop on the Zoom? How you doing, kiddo? You have to unmute yourself. 
Classic Gen Z. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Can't figure, can't seem to figure it out. Classic Zoomer. Sec. There, you're back. I can hear you now. Oh, it was, it. it's my microphone. Sorry. Oh, it's all good. All right, yeah. Ronnie. Give us a breakdown of what's happening here. There's a, There's been a lot okay. of information. Uh, apparently, Gen Z is coming for us because we wear skinny jeans, we part our hair sideways, and we use laughing emojis when we text. So give give us a, a breakdown here on why you fucking kids hate us so much. Okay, to be fair, I didn't know about this until recently, and I thought I thought we were all on the same page. I thought we all hated boomers, but then I heard about this, and the only thing I agree with here is the, the laughing crying emoji. But I think it comes from a place of like Gen Z has this sort of generational ego boost because everyone's like, you're going to be the ones to save the world, whatever. Meanwhile, we're over here eating Tide Pods. And mm. so then someone says something, they're like middle parts are over and they just assume that everyone will listen. I think that's that's where it comes from. Yeah, I got to tell you, these kids have some real fucking balls. Uh, and <laughs> first off. I think we're the first generation that's getting it from both sides. We're getting it from the people that are older than us. They think we're lazy and we're babies and we can't stomach whatever. We all have anxiety, all that shit. And I think that Generation Z is coming for us for whatever all this other fucking stupid nonsense is. And I don't know if you guys remember this. We all grew up in Italian and Jewish house. Well, Dino, no no Jewish for you. But like uh, me and Amy are both pizza bagels. Dino's a big time uh, guinea wop. in our household growing up, children were not allowed to speak. Was this the same for you guys? This was not like there were no there were no platforms for kids to sit at the table with the adults and have any kind of voice. That was not allowed. You didn't sit at the adult table. You guys were like off to the side, which is why it's hilarious to me that these Gen Z kids think that it's like they have a place to like tell the world what they think. You're 11. You're you're 15. <laughs> You don't have any point of view. You don't have any thoughts and opinions that are of any value. And for some reason, society has made it okay for children to have a voice. It's ridiculous to me. It's ridiculous. We we just I just turned thirty uh, in the last like year and a half. I finally feel like I have like I have a seat at the table. And there's times where I still feel like I'm at the kids' table. So it's ridiculous to me that Gen Z is like, oh, you guys are losers. You need to part your hair to the middle. Fuck off, all right? It looks terrible on everybody. The 90s was a horrible period for style. So if that's what you guys are taking your style from, you look like fucking idiots. Uh, Dino, you're doing something with your hair right now. Did I? Do you have a middle part and I'm making fun of you? <laughs> that was tremendously rude, for the record. You don't have a middle part, man. It's you not have like even, a, it's, not, it's just no, like how my hair is. That is... That is I actually had a crisis today regarding this topic, like right before I did this podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, I have like, just like, I just wear like docs and like whatever, like my friend came over and she was like, your jeans are so bad. And I was like, well, what do you mean? She's like, they're so embarrassing. Like, why are you jeans like that? And I got really self-conscious and she just sent me like, like jeans I have to buy because all my jeans are like super tight. Yeah. And she's like, that's so lame. Like, it's so bad. And I was, I'm, we were like at the bagel store and I'm like, I'm embarrassed that I'm wearing these pants now. I thought they <laughs> looked oh, so dude, good. No. <laughs> Do not give in, Amy. Your jeans are fine. All right. All of these kids dress like they're an electrician. Have you noticed this? <laughs> they're wearing Carhartt corduroy. Yeah. I'm like, you're telling me about how I dress and you are literally in a costume right now. Yeah. With your beanie and your vest. No, I'm, I have them in my cart. I went on and then I tried to do the middle part and I was like, I can't pull this off. 
I can't. But I also feel like it's like with the laughing emojis that you're talking about, like the skull is supposed to be what you're supposed to fucking do because you're like dead. Yeah. And then when I do that, I'm like, I feel like I'm like, I feel like like when we were growing up, when the moms used to wear solo pants and you'd be like, you need to just put it away. Like yeah, get that you're too old. Like, I don't want to be like sitting there like with the middle part sending skulls to people. It's like, that's a whole other crisis. So I'm like, I feel like we have to make a decision of just to own how fucking lame this shit is. I'm getting new jeans though. I don't care what any of you say because (laughs) feelings are really hurt. But I'm saying with like some of the stuff, it's like, you guys are so mean to us. Like I was on TikTok (laughs) looking at this stuff and I was like, wow, this is so aggressive. Like, fuck you guys. I actually got a compliment on TikTok for my middle part, for the record. Did you? But the, yeah. Gino, you've had the middle part. You don't have a real middle part. You have know, just like longer hair like... that slicks back. That's like a natural Italian. No, thing. he has a middle part. I have a, a part that's literally under my ear. But you have a part. <laughs> if I like, look, if I do this stupid middle part, no, it's not. No, look at how bad that looks. That's not good. For that's anybody. not even close to the middle. It's, it's you like know what? Here. And you know what? Your judgment <laughs> don't need it. Don't need How, it. Let me ask you this. How does it feel to be old at 30? I think I look the best I've ever looked. So I, I'm not I'm saying right. we're young. This is the yeah. thing. We're young. We're not old. But like the generation gap is making it. So we're all these we're already fucking old farts to these like young, disrespectful children. <laughs> Do you right. really feel like care. that? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care, and I, I also care. like. I very care. Confident. No, I I care. I care very much. But that's because I think that like though. no, no, no. Because it's like we're these. This is the world we're gonna have to raise our kids in if we ever have killed. If someone, some poor woman decides to marry us, <laughs> uh, well, me and Dino. Dino's got a, in a loving relationship. I'm the sad one. Thank but um, this is the this is the thing. I hate to say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Ronnie. Uh, when, when you're growing up, you're 10 years younger than I am, uh, than we are, roughly. Was it like, if you went to school with a kid that had gotten hit, that would be like a, oh an emergency, God. right? Yeah. Someone would be yeah. like, someone would be like, oh my God, this, these parents hit this child. <laughs> oh, um, I think it would depend on the year, but... Later, like when I was in high school, yeah, absolutely. When I was in elementary school, maybe it would have slid more. Yeah. So by the time these kids got to high school, that was like utterly taboo. Where, again, I don't know what household you guys grew up in, Amy and Dino. Uh, I, let's just say that that d- the discipline was uh, stern when it needed to be. Uh, I got hit with a lot of different weapons. I got the I got with shoes, the spoon, rolling pin. Uh, fists, like all sorts of things. My mom could fight, man. But my don't mom you is think, from Brooklyn. Yeah. My mom can fucking. My mom. Uh, growing up, there were like stories of my mom just like kicking people's ass. Like my mom's five ten. She, she she has those like bony knuckles that like when when they're in you, they're in you. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and I really think that that's like, like we were taught to be like young respectful italian kids that were like that didn't speak out of turn or whatever i don't think kids growing up i think kids growing up now are taught like use your voice and like you can change the world and like you like you know you always have to like like uh uh question everything and say that's not how we were taught so i don't know how i can raise a kid fully to just be as an equal you know right i didn't have the same experience you did though like i didn't have the like you can't 
speak stuff. My dad would like parade me around like a show pony because I I could like I knew facts. Mm. He's well, like, how many? Hey, my boy, how many teeth do, do you have in your head? And I'd be like, thirty-two, dad. <laughs> and he'd be like, look at that. <laughs> we smart. had that too. That's that, that's that's how that's my when we were allowed too. to speak. That's when we my mom was my mom was like, hey, Mike, show your grandma you play trombone. And then I'd come down, yeah. I'd play trombone. And she'd be like, all right, good. Now, goodbye. <laughs> I guess it was on cue. So I'm the, I'm the youngest of four kids, and all of my siblings are millennials. And I remember having a conversation with friends once in high school about, like, being spanked as a kid or, be, you know, just however you were punished. And all my friends, all of which are Gen Z kids and oldest of their families, like, were horrified. And I was yeah. like, what are you talking about? Like, that's just how you get disciplined. Like, whatever. So it, it definitely has changed now. With I think with like accountability or whatever. I also there's like an an odd wrinkle to that too, especially where like in you know internationally other communities like hitting your kids is still not taboo. Right. So yeah, then that's it's what like, I was just gonna say, yeah. If you're the guidance counselor at a school, do you like tell someone from Jamaica like, oh no no, we don't do that here because it's like, wait a minute, my two woke things yeah. are intertwining. Can't hit kids. Respect other communities. It's yeah. like what what wins. I know, man. It's yeah. weird. I, I feel like anytime I, I ever talk to a, another, either another Italian kid or another uh, like Hispanic kid or black, like those were the kids that I feel like had the most, unless the kid was like legitimately abused, which that's like a different problem. Uh, anytime I would talk to those kids, like we understood each other where it was like, you can't talk to your parents that way. Or you can't like do whatever. Cause like you might get like a tooth knocked out or some shit. You know what I mean? Like it was just cause, and again, it's like, like I think there is like an immigrant mentality and we're no longer, we're not immigrants anymore. Like, like the, the mainstream, the, the, the communities that we live in and stuff now, I, of course in New York city, there is, there are immigrant communities, but I, I, I don't think that, like my kids, if I end up staying in Brooklyn or whatever, are going to be, they're not like the child of the tenements where it was like my, my mom raised by my grandpa was like, like my grandpa was the only one in his family who was born in here. He's conceived in Italy. Like they spoke Italian growing up and they were fucking, you know, they did things the way WAPs do things where it was like, you know, you lived tough because you lived in Brooklyn and, and you, everybody was fighting all the time. And that's the other thing. My their, Fighting was like a normal thing. Like I was talking about how tough my mom was. It's because she would be in the fucking schoolyard in, in Brooklyn. She went to Murrow, which was like a like on the far end of Brooklyn, and she would get into fist fights because people would fuck with her. She wouldn't take any shit. And like that's why my mom can fight. Cause she literally had to do it. But now, Ronnie, again, when you were in school, did you see a lot of fights? Were there a lot of a lot of fist fights that you saw? Was that something uh, that was like normal? No, not really. It was it was like the three or four big ones that everyone still talks about, but it wasn't I wouldn't say it was a regular thing. Yeah. I don't know. Do you know, Amy? I don't know about you. When I was in Edison High School, I saw a fight. I saw a, a teacher get hit in the face. Like, I, I see, I'm not even kidding. It was one of the crazy I, that scared the shit out of me. I was a freshman in high school and there, there was a fight in gym class. Two kids were like on top of each other, just like wailing on each other. And a, a, a teacher, gym teacher tried to get in there. The guy was wearing glasses. Teach, a gym teacher tried to get in there to break up the fight and the dude that, that was on top of the the guy on the bottom cocked his elbow back and nailed the gym teacher in the fucking eye and the gym teacher's glasses went flying oh, and he, was, he had like a cut above his eye he was like bleeding on the floor it was crazy i've seen shit like like I, maybe it's an income thing like maybe it's like yeah, I, I don't know like like is, edison yeah. high there it's like a little more uh let's say blue collar uh <laughs> but I don't know. I just feel like it's different. And I feel like the Gen Z kids, the expectation now is like you're you're just 
you're more behaved in the way that you like you're naturally expected to be this like well-behaved kid i guess but at the same time also be sort of um have an academic point of view uh as like a preteen which just kind of doesn't make a lot of sense to me and i don't know it's just like a it's it's a very stark shift from the way that we were raised i i think that's the biggest difference dude it's the academic point of view like when we were in high school, like your opinion was like, who has better tits? Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, that was right. as interested in anything as we were, or yeah. it was like you were really into anime or, you know what I mean? Yeah. You had interests, but none of them were even a little political. It was yeah. such a, a totally foreign thing. It was like, that is for old people. Yeah. I don't know what any of it means. And I don't care to, my father is a businessman. I know that is as much as I know about the working world that he goes right. to an office with a suit on. That's it. Yeah, I agree 100%, dude. And it's like it didn't happen until college when we started smoking pot when somebody was like, dude, Kennedy was not killed by that one guy. (laughs) And that's not even politics. (laughs) I feel like, yeah, I feel like I was just worried about like after prom and who was blowing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was literally all that it was. And then and then it was my high school just filled with really rich kids that would be like, I'm just going to own my dad's company. That's my career plan. That's all I'm going to do. And then you'd be like, cool, sounds good. Want to go out? Like, you know what I mean? That was it. That was it. Yeah. Different times. That's what we wanted to be worried about. But then it was like the climate crisis, gun violence control and like all this shit being thrown at us. Ronnie, we had the climate crisis, too. The climate crisis has been around since like 1910. Did we, though? I didn't know about any of that. We got the like, you guys have 20 years to live thing. Like, it's all on you. And everyone's like, "Uh, okay. God, Yeah. yeah, I just cared about whether lethal weapon ruled or really ruled. Yeah. Those are my two opinions. I was smoking weed out of plastic bottles. I wasn't thinking 10 years ahead, you know, just, just so you guys know, four locos still around. You mentioned but not, that earlier. No, there's a stigma now. They took the caffeine out. That was the fun oh, part. You guys are not pussies Ronnie, now. When, when four loco <laughs> came out, that's, I was in college when that shit came We were all, I think, in college when that like came out. Out and it was yeah. everybody was drinking them because you would get so fucked up and kids were dying. You would black Dude. the yeah. fuck out. You, you would, would cheat yeah. on your boyfriend. I that was a cheat bad on your boyfriend. That that would be the 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 least of your problems. I would you cheat on society. You would get pregnant. You would get pregnant. I would <laughs> cheat on the laws of man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brutal. I've woken up. I've woken up in backyards yeah. after yeah. a people I don't know after having a poor loco picked out of the Hofstra tennis bubble during you, an intramural <laughs> soccer game. Kick somebody's fence down at Rutgers. Listen, Ronnie, <laughs> if you want to experience what four loco was like when we were having four loco, eat two spoonfuls of sugar, drink six cups of coffee, and then have, like, a, a Red Bull vodka. And then that's, like, kind of what it was like. No, no you gotta, like, like do cocaine. You gotta, no, you need more. That's nothing. You just described my daily routine. No. That's what I do every morning. All right, listen, we gotta get out of here. You guys have been very gracious with your time, and uh, this has been a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it, too. Um, so what do you guys want people to see here? Plug whatever you want my instagram i'd say okay so what is that amy oh it's just my name amy cardinelli that's it <laughs> do you know i would like to plug my personal website big love that um and then moreover uh you can find all my social on there but also my most recent website rudy's patriots.com <laughs> All right, you can find me at Mike Coscarelli. You can find Ronnie Side at Ronnie Side. We'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, And until then, 
Take it easy. Bye. Mike Coscarelli Rules is hosted by Mike Coscarelli. Executive producer, Mike Coscarelli. Supervising producer, Mike Coscarelli. Associate producer, Ronnie Side. Edited by Mike Coscarelli. Sound design by Mike Coscarelli. Podcast and social artwork by Chris Cheney. Special thanks to all the losers and the haters. Okay.